hear that? Sounds like my neighbor's dog is barking. Well, I said dog like there's only one. There's like six dogs. I have more than one neighbor and they all seem to have dogs. So, and they all seem to want to bark at the same time. Hi, what's good? It's raining. Welcome to my show. This is the CRF podcast hosted by me, Asia. Now enough with the fluff. Let's get to the good stuff. The Bible can be confusing to those who don't really take the time to study it. It's not something you can just flip open and read and think you'll immediately understand everything. I mean, you gotta start somewhere. But you're not gonna understand everything at once. I'm serious. Can you hear that? (laughs) It's like every dog in this neighborhood is barking right now. It's wild. Anyway, these stories are connected to other stories and they have deeper meanings. And sometimes you have to understand the cultural context of the time period to get to why certain things went down the way that they did. And it can be daunting, like when you first get started, (laughs) but it's totally interesting once you do. And that's kind of my goal here today is to retell some of these stories to y'all in a way that just breaks it down. And you'll find that a lot of these stories are funny. (laughs) I promise. I promise that they're funny. So if you've never uh, been here to my show before, basically this show is a show that... (laughs) I I think I need to get my thoughts together before I start talking. This show is a show in which I I attempt... (laughs) to make people laugh and to make people think sometimes both sometimes it's one or the other you never really know what you're gonna get that's why this is the completely random foolishness podcast i should add another c for completely random foolishness in the car podcast because yes that's right i'm once again in my car hopefully i'm gonna just throw this out there i think within the next what should i say few months (laughs) within the next few months I should have my actual podcasting studio up and running again so I won't have to deal with the elements like right now it's raining and the dogs are barking and there's just all kinds of things going on and when it's hot I have to turn on the AC in the car to make sure that I don't die and then you can hear that but thankfully right now it's pretty cool because it's like I said raining it's been raining all week wild it's been raining all week and I've been getting soaked every time I have to get out of the car go into my job and then come back out to the car to eat lunch because I never bring my food into the break room because I like to sit in my car and watch YouTube while I'm eating and I can't do that in the break room because there's always other people in there and they're talking which is fine it's their break (laughs) but I just I just want like a, a couple minutes to myself so that's why I eat lunch in the car but it requires me to have to walk through the rain and you would think that I would bring an umbrella or a coat or something but I always forget so yeah that's the that's that's all I wanted to say before I begin I would like to give you a little disclaimer if you're a longtime listener then you'll know that most episodes of mine feature some sort of disclaimer to keep people from (laughs) to keep people from trying to come for me And this one goes mostly out to any of you holier-than-thou Christians. Mm -hmm. 
I firmly, firmly, very strongly believe 100 million thousand percent in not adding to or taking away from the gospel. And uh, so although, well, no, okay, let me just go back. I don't want to take away or add to the gospel. That's bad. That's not what I'm going to do. But I will be retelling these stories in my own Asia way. I think the last time in the last episode I called it like you've heard of the King James version like the K what is that KJV I was going to say the KGB that is not it <laughs> you've heard of the KJV version and the NIV version now get ready for the CRF version oh <laughs> no no one gets it it's fine it's fine but yeah, although I'm retelling these stories in my own way, the purpose is not to mislead people or to change the story. The heart of the story and the details are still there. As Ishigami Senku would say, I am 10 billion percent sure that God has a sense of humor and that he knows that all of this is in the name of fun. Sahasha. Okay. So last time I did one of these episodes, we talked about Adam and Eve, and then we also talked about Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau being one of my favorite stories, if not my favorite story. To recap, Adam and Eve, of course, were the first humans stupid enough to disobey God and doom all of humanity. And Jacob and Esau were the brothers who got into a little family scuffle that started with a pot of delicious bean soup. And if that doesn't start all of your family scuffles, what are you even doing? Are you even a family? <laughs> now, the reason that I'm telling you this is because after Jacob took off with his brother's inheritance, this guy went and he had a bunch of children. And that's where this next story begins. I call it how Jacob's favoritism parenting turned his children against each other, or as most people call it, Joseph and the Coat of Many Colors. Now, Joseph was the 11th child born to Jacob and his wife, Rachel. Rachel was hot, by the way. Drop dead gorgeous. In fact, Jacob worked for 14 years just to get her. But that's another story. Now, he also had another wife, Leah. I think that's her name. Leah. <laughs> Who did, he did not find beautiful whatsoever. And some of these children were hers. And so, like, the whole thing about it goes, <clears throat> God blessed Leah to have children first because she was kind of being neglected by her husband. Because he married Leah first, but he didn't really want Leah. So then he went and married Rachel because they were, they, yeah, they were sisters. Uh-huh. You see, you see why this is problematic? <laughs> anyway, out of all the children... Joseph was the favorite. Now, like I said, this was already a dysfunctional family because Leah and Rachel were sisters. Yes, brings a whole new term to the meaning sister wives. But, um, no, wait, what did I say? Brings a whole new meaning to the term sister wives. I think I said that wrong just a second ago. But Leah and Rachel were constantly trying to outdo each other. And I'm pretty sure that some of this behavior got passed on to all of their kids because it wasn't long before they all began to be jealous of each other too. All right. So at this point in the story, Joseph is a young 17 years old and he's by far his father's favorite, like by far. <laughs> so much favorite, in fact, that his father gifted him this expensive, long, colorful robe. And I think 
that the reason that they mentioned that it's colorful, like, you know, doesn't really seem like an important fact, but it was because, like, having all these colors in your clothing meant that you had some money because <laughs> it was expensive to get that kind of dye as as far as I know anyway I could be totally wrong but as far as I know it was expensive to put that many colors in your clothes so people just mostly had like brown clothes or tan clothes white clothes but no like really really rich colors okay so the more colors you had more expensive your clothing was that's a, just a general rule here uh yeah um, so Jacob gives this to Joseph and, um, I imagine their conversation is like, my son, I have obtained for you this robe. It is made of all the finest colorful colors to show you my love, my son. And Joseph's like, all right, <laughs> this robe is sick. Hey bros, come look at my robe. Dad gave it to me. And then, you know, one of the brothers, maybe like Gad or something, is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice bro, whatever. But you're not so special because I bet dad got us all nice new robes, right, dad? Dad? <laughs> no, but yeah, anyway, um, he was the only one that got a robe. The other siblings went neglected. One day, my guy Joseph is like, hey, bros, I had a dream, okay? And Joseph was... I don't know. He was probably kind of annoying with it. Because <laughs> when I tell you what he said, what I'm, what I'm about to tell you is... It's not like it's false. Because what he said was accurate. He This was the dream that he had. But when you think about like the subject, the context of the dream, you have to be careful how you say it. Because it could come off kind of rude, arrogant, prideful, any of those things. And he might not have said it in that kind of way, but you just, you really got to be careful. <laughs> and so uh, his dream was that they had grain stalks and all of the stalks of grain bowed down to Joseph's stalk. Okay. So he told this to his brothers and they were pissed. They were really not happy because this dream seemed to imply that Joseph would rule over them one day. And then Joseph, again, apparently not taking the hint from how the first conversation went, told them about another dream where he was the moon and they were the stars. They were bowing down. And of course, they didn't like it. So they went to scheming. Now, all of the brothers went away to go tend sheep one day somewhere away from Joseph. They probably were just tired of his mouth. And they were like, oh, dreamer boy, we got to get away from him. Okay. Uh, and Joseph even told his father the dream, I believe. And his father was like, okay, Joseph, all right, <laughs> well, whatever, anyway. So Joseph is looking for them and he asks a couple people where they are and he gets the directions and so he goes to find them and they see him coming from afar. He's like way back and they see him like, you know, coming up towards them. So I imagine their conversation went a little something like this. Look, there's Joseph. Big dreams can't wait to be King Joseph. <laughs> boys, boys, let us not defile our brother with words. Let's defile him with our hands. Yeah, let's throw hands. <laughs> and then we can throw him in the cistern. Yeah, and then we can say a wild animal killed him. So, yeah, that's 
like the scriptures actually tell you some of what they say. I threw a little bit of extra stuff in there, but they did actually say that they wanted to throw him in a waterless cistern and like leave him there, like kill him and leave him there. But then Reuben, having some sort of conscience, decides that they should not kill Joseph, but instead just like throw him in the cistern and leave him there for a bit and then come back and get him later. Uh, but he didn't tell them this. He didn't tell them that he was going to come back and get Joseph. Yeah. But the other brothers were like, eh, fine, whatever. So they decide not to kill Joseph. Um, Joseph finally catches up to them and he gets ambushed and they take his coat and they throw him down in the waterless cistern. So Judah, big thinker, had a big brain idea. He's like, y'all, we actually gain nothing by just leaving him here. So let's sell him. And everybody's all like, yeah, okay, good plan. So they sold their brother to the Ishmaelites as a slave. And they took his coat back to their father, stained in what I believe was goat blood, some sort of animal blood. And they convinced Jacob that Joseph was a dead man. Now, apparently, Reuben had no knowledge that his brothers had done away with Joseph during this time because, as I said earlier, Reuben had full intentions to go back and get Joseph at some point. But at this point, it was too late because he goes back to the cistern and Joseph is not there. Anyway, I guess these idiots thought that getting Joseph out of the way would, like, win their father's affection for them and that their father would just, you know, love them more. But lol, <laughs> no. Jacob refused to be comforted and he ignored all of his children even more after that. He just wanted Joseph back. Okay, so meanwhile, Joseph has been sold to a rich man named Potiphar. And this is where I get this is where it gets extra wild. Now, Potiphar is chief commander of the royal guard of Pharaoh. So like a big deal. In this time, God was very much with Joseph and blessing all the things that Joseph did, which made him quite popular as Potiphar's assistant. And since Joseph was very blessed, that meant that by default, Potiphar was receiving the benefits of the blessings too, because they were very close. And so Joseph was a popular guy and he was blessed. Great stuff. And I forgot to mention that he had grown into a handsome, well-built man. Oh boy. Interesting, Potiphar's wife, whose name is never stated in the story. So, it's not known. Um, but for the sake of clarity, we'll call her Vanessa. So, Vanessa saw Joseph. And she saw that he was very handsome and very blessed and very popular. And she had built up this kind of attraction to him. And she very boldly made her request 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 <laughs> i forgot how to say the word <laughs> she very boldly made her request known to joseph basically she asked him to screw her and joseph was not crazy and he knew that there was no way he was going to sleep with the boss's wife not only would potiphar try to kill him but god would not be pleased but my girl did not take no for an answer she asked him every single day until one day, Joseph was alone in the house. The guards were gone. The servants were out. And he arrives to his, the wherever he's going to do the work that he's supposed to be doing. And no one was there. But 
guess who was there? <laughs> Vanessa. Vanessa was still there. This fool grabs Joseph by his clothes and in a very seductive tone asks, come and lie with me. No, that wasn't seductive at all. That was, it was creepy. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I totally tried, but <laughs> I can't take myself seriously. <laughs> But just imagine, in a very seductive voice, she asks him to come and lie with her. <laughs> Joseph again says no for obvious reasons, but she gets agitated and she rips his clothes away. So Joseph does not waste time skedaddling. Uh, dude runs out of there butt naked. And I imagine Vanessa's pride had been thrown to the floor at that point. She was so embarrassed. <laughs> so she lied and she showed joseph's clothes to the servants and guards and tells them that he pretty much tried to force her into some non-consensual i need to slow down and tries to force her into some non-consensual sex i am totally getting tongue-tied here this is wild anyway um but he ran away when she screamed none of that is true and we all know that but potiphar did not so he's irate because he finds out that you know his best friend is trying to sleep with his wife when really it's the opposite um but he throws joseph in jail um this so far does not sound like the story of a man who will one day become king but god is good and he stayed with joseph the entire time doesn't really sound like he's with joseph because he's in jail now <laughs> but i promise you that he is Okay, now we're going to fast forward a little bit here. Joseph is still in jail, but now he's in jail with two other people in particular, a baker and a steward. And it was Pharaoh's baker and steward. And so the three jailbirds stayed locked up for a time until one fateful night when Pharaoh's locked up lackeys both had dreams. The first guy, the wine steward, dreamed something about some grapes and a cup and giving it to Pharaoh. Um, and Joseph interpreted the dream to mean that Pharaoh would give the steward a second chance. He would forgive him and he would return him to his position. The second guy, the baker, well, his dream didn't turn out so lovely. Mr. Baker dreamed something about bread and birds and some other stuff too. But Joseph interpreted that to mean that the baker would be hanged and the birds would pick the flesh from his body. Ouch. Um, very disturbing. But Joseph's one request to the steward was that the steward would remember Joseph and put in a good word with the Pharaoh to get him out of jail when the steward was forgiven and given his job back. Um, but in three days, when all of these things took place, the baker was killed, hanged like Joseph said, and the steward got his job back, but he forgot all about poor Joseph. And so a whole nother two years goes by, and then Pharaoh has a few unsettling dreams of his own. In the first dream, seven unhealthy cows get devoured by seven sickly, skinny, bony-looking cows. But in the second dream, the same thing kind of happens, but this time it was scrawny grain. Um... I think what happened it was like there was healthy grain and then there were seven like there were seven stalks of healthy grain growing from the same thing like there were I think he said there were like seven heads of grain on the same stalk or something and then there was like a scorching heat 
that brought up very terrible grain <laughs> and that grain ate the good grain something like that anyway pharaoh does not particularly enjoy this dream i mean who would this was a weird dream and so he got his most loyal trusted advisors which were probably like sorcerers or something to try and interpret the dream but no one could do it so just then the wine steward out of nowhere was like oh dang my bad actually I know a guy who can do that. I forgot about him earlier, but here he is. <laughs> so they brought Joseph from the dungeon and they gave him new clothes and they shaved, let him shave or whatever and gave him a bath and they fixed him up a bit to go and talk to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh tells Joseph the dreams and Joseph tells him what it means. First of all, he said they weren't two dreams. They were wondering. And you basically just dreamed, woke up and went back to sleep. And it was like a continuation of the first dream. Um... And the dream means that Egypt would have seven years of abundance and then it would be followed by several very, very hard years of famine. So Pharaoh was upset, but he immediately took action and he began storing up food and saving up to be ready for the famine. And because God had given Joseph so much intelligence in the matter, Pharaoh appoints Joseph as king over all of Egypt, second only under Pharaoh himself. That's crazy. So Joseph went from being this really, really young kid who was getting these dreams about being king to being sold by his brothers, well, attacked and then sold by his brothers to slavery. And then he became a servant to a rich guy who's wife accused him of something he didn't do he got thrown in jail for several years um had a chance to get out when the steward was supposed to remember his name but the steward didn't remember him and he was in jail some more and now he's king of egypt it's crazy how this stuff works how god can put things together anyway time went by and joseph got married and he had two kids and then the seven years of plenty gave them more than they could handle and count. And Egypt was known as like the most abundant place in all the land. But then the famine hit and Egypt was the only country prepared. They had bread when no one else did. And all the people everywhere came to Egypt to buy grain for bread. Now it is unknown to me, but maybe known to someone else, if there was any other food that Egypt had or if it was just like grain. I don't know. But at this point, Joseph is a solid 30 years old. We followed his story, but now let's see what Joseph's old scheming brothers are up to. So Jacob and his family are all hungry. Um, some of them at this point have had kids, or maybe all of them have, have had kids. I'm not sure. But a bunch of them have, and the family's really, really big. They're all living together, and um, they're hungry. Jacob basically berates his son saying like what are y'all doing just standing around looking helpless and just I don't know staring at each other when y'all could go to Egypt because they have bread go buy some bread so all of the brothers except for Benjamin who is the youngest go to Egypt now it's important to note that Benjamin is the only actual child of Rachel besides Joseph yeah, I think that's right. So the thing about it is, Leah had a bunch of children. Um, Rachel had Joseph and she had Benjamin. And the rest of the children were actually 
sons of their maidservants. Because what happened was when Leah and Rachel were unable to produce children, they would get their servants to sleep with Jacob and it would be as if it was their children, if that makes sense. It's a really weird concept <laughs> and it's a really complicated and tricky concept and that's something I think we'd have to discuss a whole other different time because there's some there's some backstory to how that took place and why that took place and the problems that it caused but um as for now just know that Benjamin and Joseph were the only two biological children of Rachel okay and because Benjamin was the youngest um Jacob didn't really want Benjamin to go he was Jacob I mean shoot Benjamin was Jacob's new favorite okay so it's important to note that anyone who buys grain has to go through Joseph first. When the brothers arrive, they don't recognize Joseph, but he recognizes them. So he decides to mess with them a little bit and he accuses them of being spies and he locks them up in jail until Benjamin arrives to vouch for them because they said, we actually, we are the sons of one man and he's back home and we have another brother and we're not spies. We're good, honest people <laughs> and joseph when he heard this was probably like oh <laughs> honest people uh wh what <laughs> there's no way you guys threw me you beat me up and then you threw me into a cistern wherever that is it's probably like a pot of some sort or maybe a hole and you took my coat and you sold me to slavers how are you honest people how <laughs> anyway um the deal is that they can go um well after three days he cuts them a deal and the deal was that they could go take grain back to canaan where they're from but they had to they have to leave one brother there in egypt who could only be bailed out by benjamin so it was like a good faith payment kind of thing if that makes sense and so the brothers agree to this thing is how they felt like they deserved it for what they did to Joseph way back in the day. So they tied up Simeon and they left him there and they paid for their sacks of grain with silver. And they went on back home. But on the first night, they stopped to rest. One dude opens his bag and sees that his silver was still there. And boy, were they terrified. They were like, oh, no. Oh my god. Now he's really gonna think we're spies because we just stole from them. Somehow this money has ended up back in our bags. We didn't put it there, but it's there. And so finally they get back to Jacob, who is losing his mind. He lost Joseph, then he lost Simeon, and now the only way he can get Simeon back is to lose Benjamin. Um, so eventually they run out of food and someone has got to go back to Egypt to get more because like I said, Simeon's still there. <laughs> Simeon is still there. Um, but they know they can't go back without Benjamin. And Jacob is refusing to let Benjamin go because he's afraid that something bad is going to happen to Benjamin. And it sounds like someone is finally appreciating his other children. <laughs> um, but anyway, they have to go back because they're starving. And of course, Simeon is still there. So the boys go back to Egypt and they explain what happened with the silver the first time. 
and um, they even brought back extra silver to pay for what they owed from last time plus this time but the guy taking the payment says that god must have placed an extra treasure in their sacks because he received their payment last time and he was sure of it so anyway um skipping a couple of things a huge feast is prepared the brothers get to eat and they drink a lot and everyone's really happy and i think benjamin gets the biggest portion out of everyone and now it's almost time to go back home I promise this story is almost over. <laughs> um, but for the sake of time, I will sum up like the rest of what happens. Joseph basically sets them up and he places a really nice, very, very fancy cup of his in Benjamin's bag without Benjamin knowing. And so when the brothers leave, the guards chase after them saying like, um, the, oh yeah, that the cup has been stolen. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Yeah, they chase after him saying that the cup has been stolen. So the brothers are adamant that no one took the cup. And they're like, okay, search us because we didn't take it. Um, but Joseph searches all the bags and he finds it, of course, in Benjamin's bag where he put it. And he says he's going to take Benjamin to be a slave. And the brothers are all upset. They're like, oh my God, we promised Jacob, our dad, that we were going to bring Benjamin back safe. And now he's getting ready to have to stay here as a slave. What the heck? What the heck? So they, they're mourning. And I think their way of mourning back then was to rip their clothes. Something like that. So yeah, they're all ripping their clothes and they're so sad. Um, but Judah, one of the brothers, tells Joseph how Jacob was all depressed because of all of this. And how they promised that they were going to bring back Benjamin safe. And how not bringing back Benjamin safe would very likely lead to their father's death. Because he at one point had said that he was ready to die or something like that. If Benjamin didn't come back. Yeah, some, anyway. Um, so Judah offers himself a slave instead in place of Benjamin. And at this point, Joseph couldn't keep it a secret any longer. He felt that his brothers had passed the test. And he sent everyone away but his brothers. And he sobbed so loudly. <laughs> so loudly that everyone could hear it. And he explained that although what his brothers did to him was evil, God turned it around and used it for good. To save not only their lives, but the lives of many countries. Because if Jacob had not been sold as a slave and sent to Egypt to work for Potiphar and then thrown in jail... <laughs> And then um, taken out of jail. Well, he had to been thrown in jail to meet the baker and the steward so that he could interpret their dreams. And that way, the steward would one day go back to Pharaoh. And when Pharaoh had this dream, the steward could recommend Joseph. And so then Joseph and Pharaoh would be good friends. And then Joseph would be king. And then he would save everyone from the famine because he was the only one that knew it was coming. Crazy how this works but um and joseph then told them that they needed to bring the whole family to the nearby land of goshen where he would take care of them and make sure they all have food to eat and they were all well taken care of and pharaoh even offered he was like leave your possessions at home because he found out that th this was joseph's family and he was like yes bring your family bring your family we'll give them the finest stuff that egypt has to offer don't even let them bring their stuff from back home we're gonna give them all new stuff and so they, um, they got new clothes and all that good stuff. And they, um, well, you know what? It's important to note also <laughs> that they were terrified once they found out that it was Joseph. 
but he did nothing but show love and compassion towards them. And it's funny how the very thing that they did to try and prevent him from becoming king is what caused him to become king. That's it. That, that's the story of Joseph. Um, yeah, so they went home and they told their father and he was ecstatic, of course. Um, and he really wanted to see Joseph before he died because he was old and he knew that his time was coming very soon. And I think God ended up making him a promise that Joseph was going to be the one to close his eyes when he died. So yeah, that's the story. I had originally decided to give you two stories, this one and the one about Samson and Delilah, but I will save that one for another time because, I don't know, <laughs> just because I don't think I have the energy to tell it right now. And I think that it would take up way too much time to try to fit both of these stories into one episode. And I don't want this to go too long. Um, yeah, but it's another one of my favorites because it perfectly describes how getting involved with the wrong person, the wrong woman, <laughs> can mess you up. Up, it can mess you up so bad and it also just gives me an excuse to sing hey there delilah and the hallelujah song from shrek but that's it for today uh because i don't like i said i don't want this episode to run too long but thank you so much for tuning in today i hope you enjoyed another episode of bible stories but retold for dummies come back next week for something totally different because I have no idea what I'll be doing an episode on next week. But don't forget to leave a rating wherever you are because it helps a lot. And tell someone that you know about this show if you liked what you heard today. Okay, love you. Bye-bye. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Completely Random Foolishness or on Twitter at CRF underscore podcast. Intro and outro music made by Eric Burwell, aka The Best Dad Ever. And thanks for listening to this abysmal calamity I call a podcast.